Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of Generation GC. My name is Molly Huddleston, and I'm your host. This week, we're talking about festival song from Good Charlotte's debut self-titled album. Last week, we talked about Better Demons from Generation RX, and next week, we'll be talking about a song from The Young and the Hopeless. My guest this week is Chase Nichols, guitarist-vocalist from the Cincinnati-based pop-punk band Mascots. They kind of blend a lot of the heartfelt energy of old-school pop-punk with just this new-school excitement of kind of the early Tumblr-era pop-punk. I think you'll really dig their music. Mascots originally formed in 2014 and since then have had a string of prolific EP releases. Nothing to Lose, The Good in Me, Time to Time, Butterfly Effect in 2018. In the summer of 2017, they played the main stage of the Vance Warped Tour alongside some acts like Beartooth, Hands Like Houses, Neck Deep. And they've been conquering the Midwest one DIY venue at a time. And they've played shows with some pretty cool names. Tiny Moving Parts, Broadside, Microwave, A Will Away, so, so, so many more. Mascots is Chris Henderson on vocals, Chase Nichols, as we mentioned, our guest this week on guitar and vocals, Brandon Chitwood on guitar, Alex Stewart on bass, and Justin Scriber on drums. A few reminders before we get into the show, uh, please visit antisemitism.card.co and blacklivesmatters.card.co to learn more about antisemitism and the Black Lives Matter movement, respectively. The U.S. presidential election is coming up very, very soon, and in many states, the deadline to register to vote has passed, but some states, you can even register to vote same day. A lot of states have early voting, so go to vote.org, and they'll have information on registration in your state. They'll also have election reminders, polling place locators if you are voting in person. Finally, Generation GC stickers are here. Do you want a sticker? Two things you can do. Number one, support the show on Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash generationgcpod and click support. And that helps me sustain the show and have the right equipment, as well as to do things like print stickers and get them mailed to you. Number two, you can donate to a charitable organization. Go to blacklivesmatters.card.co and just pick any of the organizations they list because they can all really use your help. And then you are going to send me a screenshot of either your support of the show on Anchor or your charitable donation, as well as your mailing address. Um, You can DM me on Twitter or Instagram at generationgcpod or email generationgcpod at gmail.com and I'll mail you stickers. I will also occasionally tweet or post on the Instagram story about other ways you all can get stickers, whether that's good deeds you can do or ways to help spread the word about the show. So make sure you're following. Please uh, continue keeping up with the show on socials. I love connecting with everyone. I also want to know what you guys want to hear in the show, whether that's a specific you know, type of angle you'd like to hear in terms of the format and the questions I asked, or specific songs you're excited about, whether that's like a Good Charlotte album track or any kind of you know deep cuts, non-album tracks, anything else you might want to hear in a bonus episode or any guests you might want to hear on a show, whether that's like you, whether you're like, hey, I want to come talk about Good Charlotte on Generation DC, or there's someone you know, whether that's like a band member that you know is definitely a GC fan or just a friend of yours, let me know. Save me a message. Tag me on socials. Whatever. I, I want to hear what you guys want to hear. Thank you all for tuning in. And now on to our episode. So Festival Song is track five on Good Charlotte's debut album, Good Charlotte. Track four was 
East Coast Anthem. Track six was complicated. So they had a couple high-energy songs and then something a little slower. And it was a third single from the album following Little Things and Motivation Proclamation. And I didn't realize this, Chase, and I don't know if you know this because I'm not sure, like, how old you were in 2002 because this was, like, before I got – this is, like, right before I got into the band. But – this wasn't a single technically until 2002. They filmed the video in 2001, um, but it was not a single apparently until 2002. So. Yeah, I'm. I was only. Uh, I was still kind of a baby then. Um, yeah, just pushing 10 years old. Um, and I actually heard the song in 2002 for the first time um, on a GameCube video game. No uh, way. Yeah, uh, video games used to have awesome soundtracks back then. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think of Tony Hawk Pro Skater as like oh, the absolutely the trendsetters there. Yeah, yeah. Set I mean, never. You know, I'll I'll expose myself. I am not a video game person. Like, we just never have one in the house, so I I, I just have never really played them. But I know I know that like everyone <laughs> cites Tony Hawk. Exactly. But it was weird, an NHL game, and it just had kind of a, a good mix of what got me into what I'm in today, and especially the song, I think. Um, of course, all the small things came yeah. out a few years before that, and I was six years old singing that song at the top of my lungs. Yep. It was thing. I um, remember having, it was like, now that's what I call music, like the third or fourth that had all the small things on it. Yep, that's the same thing. That's uh-huh. when I first heard it. <laughs> <laughs> so... I try to find, whenever it's a song that's a single, I try to find out if it charted. And I don't think it charted. Like, I looked at their Billboard chart history, and it was not even listed. Right. But But at the same time, like, The Young and Hopeless came out with that same year. It was released as a single. So it kind of, I think, got overshone by some of the other big ones that are more popular today. Yeah, and, like, Little Things charted kind of lower down but right like by the time this was released to radio it was like uh, <laughs> very soon after it was even on the hopeless but it did get some airtime at least at whfs the now defunct alternative rock station in baltimore washington dc area where they're from appropriate yeah yeah and Listeners, you may or may not know that festival song is named for HF Festival, which was WHFS's annual show every spring summer. They played this song at HF Festival in 2001, and that's where the music video was filmed. It was at a festival, but I know which one. Yeah. I... Don't know if I've ever seen them play this live, though. Like, they played it a lot early on, but have barely played it since their reunion. Have you ever seen them play it live? I've actually never seen Good Charlotte live. Oh, Uh, for real? Yeah, it is a very kind of low point in my life, I guess. Um, (laughs) I guess the opportunities just never arose for me to be able to see them. Um, Even the last few Warped Tours they played, uh, Cincinnati is always kind of the left out city it seems like so no never got the chance 
Yeah, I was because I was thinking I did Warp Tour the year that they were on in 2016, and they played the APMAs in Columbus, and I think they played Cleveland Warp Tour, but I Not think sure. they might have skipped Cincinnati. Yeah, it's a easy it was, city to just kind of yeah. pass by. <laughs> well. Chase, I want to help our listeners get to know you and mascots as well as, you know, what's going on in Cincinnati a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, of course, not much right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Most the place. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's uh, over the past couple of decades, it's been a real kind of metal scene in my mind. Um, it really blew up and we had a huge scene around that. Um and around probably the early 2010s, uh, a lot of that kind of died down. I saw a lot of decrease in people in shows, people going to venues, venues closing down. It's kind of been a, a recycle of kind of um, pattern. Uh, but now it seems like pop punk's making a stronger statement, kind of more of a pop comeback. Um, I like that. Yeah. And I like uh, we've kind of helped push that around here uh we have a lot of new friends that we've made uh because of it and been seeing more and more traffic through cincinnati and i hope that uh keeps happening with some of the bigger bands i know a few years ago we uh opened up for uh tiny moving parts oh um at bogarts and that was probably one of the coolest things i've ever been a part of their Um, shows are crazy yes he is they're all amazing uh, musicians but the way that he can play the guitar and sing like that is fantastic in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I like what you're saying about just having, it sounds like there's stuff that's going on at the local level and it sounds like kind of stuff that's going on at the local level is allowing you to support the bigger shows coming through. And I, I don't just mean like, you know, of course when like local local acts such as mascots, get to open for these bigger shows but i don't know at least from my own experience it feels like you have a really you have an active kind of local scene in these smaller shows those get bigger those bands get bigger those bands become the touring bands and are the ones playing the bigger venues uh that's the dream at least um yeah and we've you know been pushing for that for a few years now uh up and downs with changing the members in the band and uh, different writing styles that we've been trying. And I mean, I think we've always had a, a true heart to the, the pop punk community and the, that sound. Um, there's always new stuff that comes up and new things that you can do. So. Sure. I would love to know what are, what are some of the other bands uh, coming up in Cincinnati? Any other local acts that you'd want to recommend? Uh. Some of my close friends, uh, Big Smile, they actually okay. just signed with Anchor 84 along with Grayscale. <gasps> I love uh, Anchor 84, yeah. Right? Uh, so big, big uh, milestone for them. Um, really happy to see them move on. I've actually was a roommate with one of their members and kind of knowing that we played music together and they're doing well and we're doing well and we can support these shows is awesome. Um, there's so many, though. Uh, even in Cleveland – because we travel around Ohio sure, yeah. very often. Uh, Elbow Room has been a really close uh, band with us. 
um, yeah, Spectrums, Friday Giants. I'm going to get so many people like, hey, you forgot us. And, but <laughs> I promise I don't forget any of you, and I love all of you. But, yeah, those are definitely some of the big ones that I would definitely like to point out. Um, yeah, and they, uh, everybody's been releasing new music lately. Uh, yeah. locally so being able to you know kind of put more attention at least digitally right now towards those bands and you know sharing commenting all that stuff and uh yeah getting the i think growing the scene uh and making it less of a as fallout boy would say an arms race and yeah it more of a, a kind of community i think really helps everybody and what they really want for the music scene yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a musician. So, you know, despite my like involvement in both the Northeast Ohio scene when I was there uh, and then currently on the East Coast, um, it feels like, you know, if you want to make it big as a band, you have to be professional, right? Absolutely. But... And, and you have to, like, know your business tactics, but at the same time, part of that is working with people and building that community. And it doesn't mean you have to go to every single show that every band ever plays right, everywhere right. in the city. Because uh, that is, I don't know, I, I always felt like, even as someone who was at the scene in a different way. There was like sort of this pressure of like, you have to support the scene and go to every show. I'm like, no, no, no. Like yeah. I go to a lot, but you can't be everywhere. But I, I feel like it's, yeah, you have to uplift other people when you can and tr- treat people with the respect that you want them to treat you with. All right. The golden rule. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think the bands around here, especially and everybody really does that well. Um, it's, I mean, there's not a show I, I will play here and will not make friends with if we haven't already the bands that we're playing or, you know, just hang out and talk and just see how everybody's, uh, you know, how it's going for them at the time, uh, what they're doing differently, what they're trying, what we're trying. Um, and we just keep building. And I, I really like seeing that, especially where I'm living. Um, yeah. It's a it's a great feeling. I've always felt like in terms of, you know, making friends and meeting people at shows, it's a great feeling when like you know, it's nice when you know a couple people going in, but right. a, a thriving scene, even if you aren't close friends with anyone, like you'll walk in and like you'll probably walk out of there like following a couple new people on Instagram or adding them on Facebook. Exactly. You're walking out after a few drinks and going to get food with them afterwards. And yeah. Like you never know what's going to happen. And I think that's one of the exciting parts about it. Man, late night French fries after a show is so different. Absolutely. Okay. Wait, so what's uh, your, what's your favorite, <laughs> what's your favorite post show food? Well, here it's kind of a, a mandatory requirement to go to a Cincinnati chili. Uh, right, the sp- with the spaghetti, right? Line. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, 
always open late. So after a show, just a nice big bowl oh. of, you know, greasy noodles is, yeah. And what more could you ask for with loaded with cheese? Let's I mean, <laughs> I could see it. I, yeah. I, I support it. I support it. Yeah. I mean, we, we take every band that we can, uh, that will follow us there. Yeah. Um, in not a weird way. Um, <laughs> it's just interesting to see people's first reactions to it, honestly. Well, like normally on pretty much everywhere besides Cincinnati, if you get chili, it's maybe with rice or you have it with like a side of cornbread. Right. But I will admit I have done some vegan bean chili, you know, and I've not had rice in the house. So I was like, well, you know, I I know in Cincinnati they do it with spaghetti. So I have like made myself some spaghetti and it's pretty good. I'm, I, so I'm, I'm in support of it. Yeah, if you come down, we'll, we'll definitely have to give you the real oh, yeah. treatment of it, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Chase, something I like to ask everyone that comes on the show is, when did you first hear Good Charlotte? Was hearing Festival Song on GameCube, was that like the first time you'd ever heard of the band? Yeah, that was the absolute first time. Like I said, I was nine years old at the time. Um, and the oldest sibling, you know, didn't really have many family members who listen to that genre mm-hmm. but ever since blink like it just that always stuck out to me um growing up listening to pretty much pure 80s and country in the car with my mom hearing that kind of raw emotional like powers and song i it just clicked for me from a really young age and i guess it's always stuck um but since then i mean i've like i said followed them uh throughout uh once you know internet became more accessible to me sure um so i don't think i heard the anthem until i was in middle school mm-hmm. um yeah i guess it was all downhill from there <laughs> i love it so how i guess this is like a two-part question um but i i want to share with you what i wrote back to your publicist jesse when he he had just sent me the press release about your Figure It Out video. Uh, and I told him that it reminded me of the early 2010s Tumblr pop punk revival with the energy. You. You're welcome. With <laughs> the energy of some classic early 2000s pop punk. What, I mean, first of all, like how has Good Charlotte influenced y'all? And what, have been some other influences you want to mention yeah i mean uh you know jc summon blank uh or you know i mean they have simple plan kind of this is who i am and this is what i love (laughs) (laughs) um i got my first guitar at like 12 13 year olds around that same middle school time i was really listening to um these albums and the first thing i wanted to do was how do i play that song so of course I would, you know, very untuned, yeah. try to play those songs and mimic them, and uh, you know, see how they do it. So that way, you know, when the more I got comfortable with it, I was like, maybe this is something I could try too. Um, I like to think that I'm trying. Um, yeah, the the more I listened to it, the more the lyrics stuck with me, and the more I was able to relate to them growing up, and you know, dealing with relationships and dealing with parents and everybody telling me, you know, like in festival to get a real job. And yeah, it's like, I, that, that doesn't seem right for me. And these guys get it. And uh, that's the way I want to be too. So yeah, it's, it's stuck. 
I love that. And I was reading an interview that your singer Chris did with a website called Sound in the Signals. And he just had a lot to say about your newest song, Figured Out, that feels pretty relevant to festival song. Just feeling like, you know, you want to change, but, you know, it's a process. It it takes time. Um, I'm pretty sure we even use the same uh the nine to five part yeah uh, there was a yeah. line about the nine to five yeah and that that you know it was the same idea that i had in my head and i think they were kind of similarly they were very influenced by hip-hop if i'm not mistaken Good charlotte um, correct yeah and, uh beastie boys being a big one but yeah and uh i mean it's been the same for me i mean pop punk has always been you know that place in my heart and it, you know, will always be, but sure. I branch out so drastically and uh, really even things like, like J. Cole's Dreamville. Uh, I've been listening to so much and, you know, just seeing ways that they use music in to hip hop and rap um, using those same type of melodies or tempos or like the offbeats, uh, the polyrhythms that they use, putting that into like a pop punk aspect. And I think it makes a whole new kind of sound or try to. <laughs> Yeah, it gives it gives some flavor, I think, when a band has influences outside of, you know, what their quote-unquote immediate genre is. I think that, at least for me, I think that's important because, I mean, I'll talk to people and like, I will not listen to this genre. And I'm like, but have you heard this song? Right. It's like, oh, that is a good song. It's, I mean, having an open mind is kind of a really important thing, I think. Uh, looking into anybody's life yeah i made a post on facebook a few years ago saying that country and pop punk are exactly the same thing yeah very very and everyone was just like i hate how true this is (laughs) (laughs) but it's like it's you know they're all both country and pop punk is especially like you know we talked about like the 2010s tumblr revival it's a lot of like I hate my hometown slash I also love my hometown, you know, country. Exactly. It's new new love and first love country. So <laughs> it's it's all all music is the same. Yeah, just one's a little more aggressive. And I think that helps some people. Yeah. Hearing that aggression and outward, it's you know, not always just inside you. Other people are feeling it too. Yeah. I love that. You know, I was not surprised chase that you chose festival song since this is a high energy song and mascots is a very high energy band um why did you want to talk about this song in particular i mean it was really the history that i have with it sure yeah uh playing that game uh me and my brother would spend hours upon hours just you know listening to that song because of that game and, you know, you turn off the songs you don't want to hear. So that right. song would just keep coming up every, you know, few. And it just, I mean, I guess it reminds me of those times. And, I, yeah, I just, more the more I age, the more it related to me. And I think that's something that's really strong in a song, if you can wait for it for such a long time. And it's almost yeah. 20 years now. So Yeah, because it, it means it's not dated. I would love to talk about what the song means. I mean, whatever, whatever your, and whatever your thoughts on it are, like right now. Yeah, I, 
said, uh, it's a very kind of, I'm not going to be what you want me to be. I'm going to try to live my life the way I like it. I don't want to do your nine to five jobs. I don't want to, you know, follow your orders. I just want to have fun, you know, be with my friends and, you know, have a festival like the, yeah. in life. Like I don't, and that's, you know, how I see it. And I think that's why it's easy to listen to so much. Uh, kind of gives you that feel good summary vibe. It's such a feel good summary vibe. And I was, I was just thinking on like a marketing level, like they could have called the song HFS uh, or HF festival, but the fact that it's just festival song, even though it's like, you know, that's kind of what it's about is HF festival. I the think they knew that, that they knew that they had that feeling at that festival. Yeah. Uh, but they have the same feeling at, you know, warp tour or right. whatever they were doing at the time. Yeah. They got to make it a little universal. Um, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I think you're like spot on. I have a pretty similar interpretation, just that they're trying to say no and give this middle finger to everyone who doubts what they're doing. Uh, you know, they, I think they're saying that like they used to really care what people thought of them, but they don't anymore. They're not going to listen. They're going to live their life the way that they see fit. All right. It's just a very liberating feeling once you do. And I think it's, you know, it's a fun song, but it has a kind of a strong message, especially yeah. when you're, you know, doing something that's uncertain, like trying to play music for a living oh, yeah. or any of the arts or et cetera. Cause there's, there's risk, right? It's, exactly. it's like, well, that's you know, life. Right. It, it's like, you know, eventually you have to quit your, if, if your dream is to quote unquote make it in the music industry, eventually you got to quit, you know, your, your part-time retail job or your nine to five office job. If you're going to tour, right. I mean, <laughs> I, I speak as if we're in a world without coronavirus, but <laughs> if you're, if you're going to tour, you know, nine months a year. Um, and there's an element of risk and I feel like there's some anger here, but they're like, they're just, they're very much like letting that fuel them. Do you see that anger? Absolutely. I mean, it's, I mean, growing up, at least for me, it was always, you have to do this. You're not doing well enough here. You need to focus on these things and you need to have these responsibilities. And it's like, I, I don't agree. So, and yeah. I think they have a similar feeling, which is why I, uh, you know connected with it so well um and maybe that as a younger boy it just probably wasn't appreciated as much uh sure but yeah it's you know it gets old <laughs> yeah i uh i want to give some background on hf festival uh for our listeners so HF Festival was the radio station's festival held every summer from 1990 to 2006, and then they held it again 2010 and 2011. I believe that was the last time it was held. Uh, if anyone knows if it's been held any time since 2011, let me know. Um, 2000, 2000 was considered their peak year with performances by Rage Against the Machine and Stone Temple Pilots, it sold out like right away. And so for a couple of years after that, including 2001, they made it two days. Um, 
there was an article on MTV that was just very, very sweet because you think about how this had to have been like such a heartwarming moment, like such a full circle kind of heartwarming moment for them. Um, And MTV said Monday's concert goers were in for an added treat. They appeared in Good Charlotte's video for their next single, aptly titled Festival Song, which was shot during their set. Uh, and Joel says, I grew up coming to HF Festival. I wrote this song about being here, how we wanted to quit our jobs to be in a band. We have all our friends, the fans, and the radio support right here. Well, I love it. Pretty awesome, yeah. I, lo- learning more about this, because you've given me more information than I've ever yeah. known about the song. It's like, <laughs> this is so much cooler than I originally anticipated. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fun, like, learning all the stuff you kind of never knew. I mean, got the CD when I was, you know, like I said, uh, just over 10 years old and it's, you know, been cycled so many times and you don't really have the history when you're yeah. just listening to the, the music, but that's awesome. Wait, I have to ask the version, which version of this album did you get? Did it have like the picture of the band on the cover or did it just say GC? GC, Good Charlotte with the banner. Um, I mean, and then it uh, had the, the last song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and I think the Thank You, Mom, the bonus track at the end wasn't even listed. It was just, you know. Yeah, you it was like a secret five track. five seconds afterwards, yeah. Yeah. Remember when, even, I remember back in the day, like around that time, a couple of years after this album came out, you know, everyone's using iTunes, and it will be like change slash Thank You, Mom, or whatever, in one track on iTunes. But it feels like on Spotify, now that everyone's streaming on Spotify, there's not so many, like, hidden tracks like that. I mean, I guess sometimes artists will do, like, deluxe editions, um, but... I think that kind of adds to this, the whole album idea kind of disappearing yeah. with the instant gratification. Like, you release a single, it's like, all right, I'm going to add that single, play the, release the album a few months later, or a few weeks later, whatever, and it probably won't get the same listen that it would uh, 10 years ago or before. Yeah, um. but I don't know. I feel like there's also room for, I mean, we could go on for like hours and hours talking about, you know, the viability of streaming, but I feel like there's room for stuff to be discovered since we're not only relying on radio play to, you know, get nervous popular. I feel like there's more room for stuff to have a slow burn or, or to be discovered like kind of a few years after it was released. Ooh. Like, wallows had a song are you bored yet that became a huge hit like i don't know i want to say a year after their album came out it started blowing up or like almost a year after the album came out even though they already had a video and walk the moon had a song in the kissing booth movie this summer three years after that album came out uh, almost three years and now that song is like blowing up so I don't know. Similar with Anna's Son when they first released that, like it was yeah. popular around here for a couple of years, and all of a sudden it just blew up and they disappeared from the Cincinnati scene. But I mean, that's kind of what you hope for, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm also a very big Walk the Moon fan. Um, yeah. I think only one of them, Eli, still lives in Ohio, mm-hmm. so they're mostly not even living there anymore. 
But they still, I don't know if you've seen them in the last few years, but I've seen them in like New York and they'll say, we are Walk the Moon and we're from Ohio. So they still hold Ohio close in their hearts. Don't worry. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate them for that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, So one thing I noted about this video, so I want to talk about punk. So in the video, Benji is wearing a casualty shirt the bridge of this song is a Sex Pistols reference. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know if it's like officially, officially, but in Sex Pistols, God Save the Queen, they sing no future, no future. And then the bridge to this song says your futures, no future. Uh, Benji was a big Sid Vicious fan and he would call himself Kid Vicious and, you know, they'd cite Sex Pistols as an influence. Uh, I feel like... I don't know. So let, let me just ask you this, Chase. Are Good Charlotte punk? Not pop punk. Are they punk? I mean, I would say yes. Um, I know everybody has this certain image in their head for punk, uh, but even... As Matthew Lillard said in SLC Punk, like it's not how you look or how you you know present yourself. Even it's kind of a mentality. Yeah, um, and I think they're very strong, especially in this song. It's like I'm not doing what you're telling me. I'm not going to be part of your society. I'm going to do things the way I want, and that's punk as fuck. Excuse yeah. me if I can't say that. But, oh, you can totally say that. <laughs> oh well, fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I think that's as punk as you can be and yeah. having those roots to people like Sid Vicious and casualties, yeah, whatever else. I mean, that's, you're not going to get a strong influence in them in that I, aspect. I had Casey Crawford from the band Virginity on the show to talk about Screamer. And he was telling me about seeing them at Warp Tour in like 2001 and how, you know, they're playing this like relatively pop sounding music and then they're like, oh, and go watch the casualties and rancid or whatever. <laughs> I here's what I wrote down. So, and I and my thoughts are evolving since I like wrote these notes. Uh, I wrote down in my notes that, you know, you can tell from, you know, the Sex Pistols reference and Benji wearing a casualty shirt that they have a lot of appreciation for quote unquote real punk, as in not pop punk, but like actual punk. But there's like a level of shamelessness in this song that you don't always get in quote unquote real punk. I feel like, you know, there's this idea that in order to be punk, I'm making finger quotes, you have to be kind of chill about it. But I kind of think that the punkest thing is to like, not give a shit to be totally shameless and be like, fuck it. You know what? I'm not going to listen to the haters. I'm going to do what I want. Maybe it is catchy and very pop sounding, but okay. Like whatever. They're, they're not, they're not playing it cool, but so in a way, I think that makes them very punk. Absolutely. I agree completely. Um, If I want to listen to Demi Lovato, then listen to Life Flag right after there's no one stopping me. And yeah, fuck it. Like, that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, if we were to get real meta, you know, I think that would go into, well, why are you listening to Demi Lovato and Black Flag? Are you listening to Black Flag because you like Black Flag? Or are you listening to Black Flag because you think it's cool to listen to Black Flag? You know? And, and yeah, is yeah. 
not that either of those are wrong, but one would be kind of more in line with the punk ethos. Are, yeah. I think. yeah. Um, there was an interview with hotpress.com called Charlotte is a punk rocker and they kept referring to the band and I've never heard them referred to this elsewhere as the Charlotte. Yeah. That's a new one for me. Yeah. Like <laughs> I've read so many interviews about this band and I've never seen them as the Charlotte. Uh, it's usually, you know, good Charlotte or JC. Um, but this interview basically talked about how, it was like very picking apart, but like valid that, you know, the band will kind of say that they don't care if they're seen as punk, but there is clearly some insecurities there. But like, I think that's totally human. Like as yeah. much as anyone wants to say they don't care about what people think. I think everyone does care. I think it's just like, okay. Some point or another, like whether you can make a facade over it is kind of, I guess the real skill. Yeah. And it's like, are, like, are you going to let what other people think influence your behavior? Exactly. Like I, I was a big fan of the hat topic in high school as I think most of us are yeah, if you're yeah. listening to this. Right, so. if you're listening to this show. <laughs> I I feel like I have to have someone who like works at a hot topic or worked at a hot topic in the early two thousands uh to come on this show. Like someone who manages <laughs> hot topic or maybe someone at hot topic corporate. Right. I was still just, you know, dragging my mom to that store at that yeah. time. So I but like my peers were not into it. They weren't. They they did not appreciate you know the skull earrings and the black and white you know those like arm arm the like gloves that like went up your arm like the fingerless gloves, and that's kind of the point, right? Like, right. They did like my peers did not appreciate it, and I remember being being pretty sad that I got you know got some not nice things said to me. And my parents were like, "Well, you could just dress in like khakis and polos like your classmates," and I was like, "No." Right. <laughs> it makes me sad when they say when they say mean things, but I'm not gonna change. <laughs> like, no, and, it's a sh- true like show of character. Like, yeah. don't change for other people. Stick to your gun. Stay true to yourself. It's, and it's I, important. I, I want to say like PSA to to anyone listening. Like, it is normal and human to feel sad when people say mean things to you. It is not okay for those people to say those mean things, (laughs) whether we're talking about like bullying in high school or, you know, harassment in the workplace or, or online harassment. That is not okay. You are normal and sad. You are normal and human. If that makes you sad, even if you are not the type of person who less than actually affect your behavior. There was, so this article actually came out, around on hotpress.com great great website name uh it came out around when they were releasing good morning revival which was definitely which was like i guess pretty quote-unquote controversial because it was like pop and clubby but maybe that makes it punk if they were like we don't care if people like it like you know uh Benji says, we just want to make a record that we love. At the same time, you're a little nervous because you don't want to let anyone down. You have all these people over there that are worried about the commercial success, and we're over here just wanting to make a record. 
and he said that you don't want to let them down, but at the same time, you can't let that dictate what you do in the studio. And even then, I mean, I know Dance Floor Anthem was, you know, the big hit, and still yeah. you play that today, everybody's going to jump around to it. But even, like, The River, when they put uh, the Sevenfold on that, like, that was kind of brand new, especially for the pop punk community, like having these pop punk legends and these metal legends playing together and something yeah. you would never assume would happen and it was awesome i loved it i remember me and my friend uh because his favorite band was Avenged sevenfold and i was the pop punk kid and we just oh, got so you bonded over that song yeah absolutely yeah uh we played that so many times and it was just a, a kind of a merging of two worlds i guess and i thought that was really cool i i mean the river is great and that you know obviously that will have its own episode but yeah, just seeing seeing the merging. I don't want to like. I have like a, I have a whole like hypothesis on the river, but I'll I'll save that for that episode. Uh, yeah, seeing seeing the merging of the two worlds on that song was particularly great. I don't know. I mean, it, if we're talking about what is punk, like, does Good Charlotte fit what was traditionally described as punk rock? I mean, if you I put mean, them back in the, the origin days of punk, right. I would say absolutely no, but no, everything evolves. And yeah. That's a part of it. Make it more mainstream, if you will. Uh, let other people who don't actually, who are scared to take that step or don't realize that there's people that fit in with them and they're just, right. you know, you don't have to dress up just like those people do. You don't have to do the same things. Like we all have different feelings, but feel the same way kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, punk as a music genre punk as a style of dress and punk as like an ethos like a way of kind of (laughs) living if you will are all different things i think like a rapper could be punk i mean obviously you have machine gun (laughs) obviously you have machine gun kelly who takes a lot of things yeah yeah takes a lot of influence from like punk and pop punk music but even if a rapper didn't take that influence like he does a rapper could be punk if they had the the ethos i think exactly and it's i mean one of my favorite books uh clockwork orange i mean they really go through that whole kind of dressing punk and acting punk but i would say the same thing even though you're dressing this way you're not you know exactly acting the way that other people would in that situation or you know would have the same defiance as you or don't have the the courage to do so and it's i have never read a clockwork orange but i do remember hearing that joel was pretty into it back in the day i'm 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 like pretty a little spotty on this i don't remember exactly like where he said it because this is many years ago but i do remember joel saying that he was really into it and now as you describe it i'm like okay that totally makes sense it's a movie too right it is it is uh, okay. i would recommend the book over it of course but recommend the book the okay. Good too. okay i'm uh i'm currently reading and quite engrossed in midnight sun but i will finish that eventually and need something new it's so good are you a twilight person i will take your word for it i, I apologize <laughs> <laughs> if like i liked twilight i like i haven't touched the books in you know several years but midnight sun came out and i was like all right i gotta buy this 
Um, and I'm enjoying the, it like a lot. I, the the soundtrack they had for the first movie, I say, would uh, it's definitely one of the better soundtracks I've ever heard. Oh yeah, uh, especially with Dakota on it. Like that song, fantastic. Uh, the movie, I mean, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, since we're talking about festival song chase, let's talk about music festivals. Absolutely. Uh, and I put in my notes, R.I.P. Question mark. <laughs> so mascots got to play main stage at Warp Tour 2017. Was this the Cincinnati venue that's also the water park? It is. Uh, yes. State Champs did their music video there after they played Warp Tour one year. Um, so while we were all, you know, still moshing and sweating, they were swimming right next door and oh making God. a cool video. <laughs> Amazing. I remember when I was there on the tour, like finishing my work day and like we tear our tent down at like six or seven. Went for a little swim, did some water slides, and then I was like, oh shit, there's another I was like, oh there's a band I kinda wanna go see. Um <laughs> What what was that like playing uh, Warp Tour? I mean, surreal. Uh, you know, it's this huge festival that I, you know, it's kind of the main stage of every year for me for so long. Yeah. And here I am, just some random kid, just throwing my guitar around for a sea of thousands of people. So cool. Um, who, you know, were naturally there to see Andy Black right afterwards. Yeah. Uh, also from Cincinnati. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But a really... I mean, just there will never be a rush. I, I think more than that. Amazing. Uh, than seeing that many people and you know nobody throwing tomatoes at you or booing you on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a great time, and even afterwards, just uh, the fans and the the people that would come up to me and the nice things they would say, and just uh, it was kind of uh, I don't know, humbling. Yeah. But, uh, gave me more confidence in doing what I was doing at the time and doing now. Uh, it made me, you know, feel like I was on the right track. And I yeah. think that was a huge boost for us. And getting, getting that confidence boost can do such wonders. And like, whatever, whatever that confidence boost is, like in your case, it was Warped Tour, but you know, like in my career, I've had the band, you know, so I guess I land a really cool band interview that gives me the confidence boost. Um, and I feel like that, for me anyway, getting like a big opportunity, just like it really fuels me to work harder and harder and harder. Yeah, uh, especially at that time, it was a very bittersweet um, because our original vocalist uh, had just found out a few months earlier that he was going to be having his first child. Wow. Um, and that, I mean, we've, after that much traction and that much buildup happening so fast, uh, but him needing to leave right after to support his family. Uh, and he's still my best friend. I saw him yesterday for his kid's birthday party. Amazing. Um, but it was kind of a roller coaster for emotions, but uh, it was something uh, like once we were there, we didn't want to stop. And I think that really is why we kind of are still a band today. Uh, yeah. Trying to push forward and keep doing that. So, What's been... I mean, I feel like this is such a cliche question, but I almost feel like I haven't directly asked this question of anyone because I know it's kind of cliched, but what has quarantine been like? How, you know, what, 
what's your kind of plan right now? Like you just put out this mu- music video. What's, you know, what, what's spinning now? Yeah, so we actually recorded a couple songs last year um, that we've been holding on to to kind of get a basis around uh, the new songs that we've been writing, um, which has been kind of delayed because of this. So we haven't been traveling sure. to record. Um, but I think it's given us a lot more time to kind of focus in on how we want to continue. Um, you know, there's been talks of changing sounds, trying new things, mm. uh, and it's been an exciting time. Uh, unfortunately, we've not been able to see each other as much due to it. I mean, like one of us will be sick and we'll, right. you know, whether or not it is, you know, the coronavirus or not. We. I mean, you got exactly. to be safe. Careful. Yeah. Um, so it's been a lot of, you know, digital communication, uh, which I think is not exactly slowed us down in our songwriting process, but given us a, a different approach and it's, yeah, and I'm excited to see what comes up. Um, we actually will have the second song that we recorded um, should be coming up very soon. Ooh. Up. Uh, it'll be called 22 listeners. Uh, if this song is out by the time the podcast is up, I will, I'll, I'll cut in. <laughs> um. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, so I just have to ask this as we talk about music festivals. I mean, two questions. So favorite festival you've gone to as a fan? Uh, and that could be like a specific warp Tour date or something. Um, and the worst sunburn you've ever gotten at a festival? Uh, probably one the same, actually. Okay. Uh, so when we first started Mascots, uh, me, the original vocalist, Drew, and our bassist, Alex, uh, you know, wanted to do the old school stand in lines for shows and pass out CDs. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask if you guys were would like hustle CDs in, in lines. Oh, absolutely. Um, and these weren't, you know, we weren't doing the nice CDs at this time. It was just spending hours next to a computer burning as many copies oh, yeah. as we could. Um, I have so, so many probably, CDs that I've bought from bands doing that, yeah. Right? It was a good time. Uh, so we ended up going to three dates back-to-back-to-back, um, Cleveland, Indianapolis, and Cincinnati, um, spending all day just talking to different people and hear what we have and, you know, hustling the band as much as possible. Um, and I had never been so tired <laughs> yeah and so burnt and from so much walking i mean it wasn't yep. just you know we're there to you know we're at work tour might as well enjoy work tour for all three days as well i'm glad we did um at that time uh so yeah i remember coming back after all was said and done and not being able to move for a week oh my just god waiting for the burns on my shoulders and legs to just you know stop oh my uh, god and I don't think it's been that burned again until a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the worst. Right. I I sunburn very easily. Um, I'm very pale, so I sunburn very easily. So I I am like religious about putting on you know SPF fifty whenever there is like one ray of sun outside. I smart idea. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't been to that many festivals as a fan because I was always like shooting or you know working uh for a nonprofit or something uh 
But I did go to a few dates of Sad Summer Festival as a fan and last summer, and their New York City show was on Pier 17. So all of the merch was inside, but then the show itself was on the roof, and you had this, like, awesome view of New York, and they had fancy drinks out there and, and some food and stuff. And it was great. It was just so awesome. Um, I think my worst sunburn from a festival would have been last summer, the Warp Tour like anniversary thing in Atlantic City that I was working. And the first day I didn't notice the sunburn, but I got like I got bad just like blisters on my feet from like walking around. The second day, I am just like I get in the sun the second day and I'm like, oh, I'm dying. I'm sunburned so bad. And I think Atlantic City is like a little less than two hours drive for me. And on my way home looking like, all right, where can I stop at a Target on my way home to buy some aloe? To right. Nothing's sl- better than, you know, wincing yeah. every time you need to turn your car. Because uh, it's- <laughs> uh, and it was so bad. And it, it so like I started, I think I found a Target that was like, on the way and it was like halfway between Atlantic City and home. I got some aloe. It was fine. And a week later, I was driving up to Buffalo for the 4th of July and I was like looking in my rear view mirror and I was peeling on like my face, my shoulder, my arm. It was terrible. It was terrible. I... I guess this is the f- no. I did. I did go to the beach this year. So I, I was like, I was like, this is the first year I haven't gotten sunburned. But no, I did go to the beach and get sunburned. Right. I was doing so well all year, and then a few friends yeah. were like, we should go to a lake. And yeah, well, I, little did I realize, no matter how much sunscreen I put on, it wasn't helping this year. Well, my thing is like, if I sweat, and I also sweat easily, like I just do, especially if it's humid, the sunscreen melts off in like two minutes. yeah it's bad um other good charlotte songs that this relates to i mean we'll talk about fan comments in a second but a lot of fans were also commenting that this is like kind of a precursor to the anthem that's the big one for me absolutely Uh, i think they have that same message and maybe just because i heard festival song before i heard the anthem that this is the one that sticks with me uh but yeah, the, the same idea of, you know, I don't want to do what you're telling me. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, try to think of the actual lyrics here. Um, now, things like uh, school being a jail cell, a penitentiary. And, yeah. You know, teachers telling you like, hey, you need to find this job. Um, but I'm not going to be just like you. I'm going to, you know. I'm going to do what I want. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a very strong point. I like that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this music video. So okay. we, I mean, we, you know, we, we mentioned Benji's uh, casualty shirt, but yeah, this music video is so great. I watched it like three times uh, on my TV before this. Um, so the video was filmed. They had been on tour with MXPX and they appeared at HF Festival. It was directed by Mark Webb, who also did their motivation proclamation video. Mark Webb, notably, notably was the director of 500 Days of Summer, as well as The Amazing Spider-Man. 
And he also did videos for Three Doors Down, Green Day, Maroon 5, MXPX. He did Yellow Card, Ocean Avenue, several My Chemical Romance videos, including I'm Not Okay and Helena, which is like one of the best music videos of all time. It's quite a resume. <laughs> yeah. C- crazy resume. Incredible. And yeah, it's basically a documentary of their day. You see them in the van on stage hanging out backstage i heard a podcast i'm I'm like vaguely remembering a podcast i heard with their brother josh madden talking about how like they need to do a festival song video and they didn't have a big budget so it was like let's do this there was an interview with alter the press do you remember that site which one alter the press.com no, that I thought you said alternative press. I'm like no, no. I mean, I mean, obviously, many good trial <laughs> yeah. interviews on alternative press, but right. alter the press. I read a ton, like around this time of this interview, which was 2012. But I guess I just you know I just hadn't been keeping up with them uh, super regularly recently. But Joel talks about th- this interview was like the 10 year anniversary of the Young and the Hopeless. And Joel talks about how, like, this video, in contrast to Little Things, which was, like, a scripted video, it was storied, uh, and I guess a much higher budget, that this video was a representation of where they were at the time. He says that the director, you know, the label pushed us in a shiny, poppy direction, and us being so young, we kind of went with it. At the time, we didn't even know what we were doing. We were from a small town and hadn't really been out in the world. When that didn't work, the label just left us to it. When we did the video for Festival Song, that was more of a real representation of what the band was at the time. When we shot it, we were out on tour and things were peaking. And he talks about, you know, touring, playing in vans to a few hundred people a night and having all this respect for bands like Newfound Glory, Sum 41, MXPX, because he's like, I saw the work they all put in. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice story. I think the budget might not be, you know, always an issue. Uh, yeah. I think it allows you to kind of see exactly what you have and what's around you instead of here's the story that we made up and here's the budget to make it up. Which, you know, yeah. can always be beneficial for certain scenes, but, you know, more punk kind of styled songs, I think it really just kind of allows you to push it in that direction. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I work in music video promotion. That's my full-time job. And, like, obviously no one is doing, you know, typical music videos right now. I mean, I guess some places stuff might be opening up to where you could film, but, like, People are forced to get creative and either do stuff at home or like you have people kind of pulling in, you know, pulling together like old live montage videos. And guess what? There have been so many great things happening. We've seen so much creative stuff come out when people don't have a huge budget per se, when they don't have the physical resources of being able to work with a crew. <laughs> exactly. And I yeah. think it, it shows the uh, the creativity of some people when they when they're forced to push it that way instead of you know like you said having that availability yeah i also in terms of like people who love this song jack barricad of all time low told kerrang that this was one of the 10 songs that changed his life 
listeners, you probably know, but All Time Low is also from the Baltimore area. And I'm remembering a tweet a few years ago where Jack said that, like, he was like, the first time I was at this venue, I was front row for GC, and now we're headlining and we sold it out. Uh, How cool. So I know that All Time Low and, and Jack, that they're big GC fans, but Jack told Kerrang that this was, he was there when they filmed this video. Uh, oh, wow. he's, yeah, he said he had gone with his brother. He ran into Alex Gaskarth, but Alex was like kind of there with a different group of friends. Um, Jack says that this was his first festival. He says, I recently posted a picture from that festival on my Instagram. It was my first time smelling weed and seeing people get <laughs> naked. It was a huge event and a life-changing experience for me. What a time. That's awesome. I, I mean... <laughs> I don't have as much connection as he does, but I have yeah. a new connection for me and Jack Bearcat, I suppose. Um, right. Right? So, yeah, yeah, apparently this song does have a bigger influence than I thought. And, you know, yeah. Time Low has been a huge influence, especially on kind of the more modern pop-punk aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's – I mean, oh God, I would love to have Jack or, or any member of that band on this show. That would be amazing. Because I feel like they do – what some of what good charlotte does really well that they have like the really dedicated fans right like there are bands that like i don't want to like name names but there are bands that are really big that are like really famous play huge shows but i'm like does anyone call them their favorite band right it's not it's not it's just more of a push of a i know kind of the resources thing you know, to push yeah. the money towards what you're listening to and forcing you to listen to it versus what you actually go out of your way and listen to. Yeah. Well, I want to read some fan comments on this song. Um, so first we have some YouTube comments. Lots of people on YouTube saying that they are somewhere in the crowd of the video. Lots of those. Uh, Grilindi Rivera said this was when they were still good. Punk music. The Rip 314 said HF Festival was a milestone for so many, including these little punks. So there you go, haters. <laughs> Two people on YouTube.com, the definitive judging place on the internet, have said that good Charlotte are punk. Take that, haters. That settles it. Yeah, that settles it, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay so i don't know why i didn't do this before but we're gonna read some amazon reviews of this album Should be uh, interesting yeah so march 2003 a user said this is a good fun song the music is good but it's not as good as the others still a good song though seven out of ten <laughs> Very descriptive. Yeah, Thank very you. Modest, yeah. yeah not, not good, but not as good as the others. Still good though. <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, April two thousand one. A user named Drew said that it sounds a little like Third Eye Blind. Okay. I'm 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 trying yeah. to hear it. I don't want to say no, but I also don't really want to say yes. Yeah, I'd think? say the Third Eye Blind's a little more of a, a softer rock. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess they're they great. Listen. I've seen them live a few times. They're yeah. awesome, but yeah. uh, I don't think they have that same energy or the same message that uh, right. Good Charlotte's going for exactly. Um, which is in no way a bad thing. I love both bands very much, uh, yeah. but I, I wouldn't really compare this to Third Eye Blind. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to read this one comment. Uh, one last comment from May two thousand one. In all caps, why are these guys considered punk? Quotation marks. Let's get one thing straight here. This is a far cry from the term punk rock music. Punk rock music, bad religion, dead Kennedys, good riddance, no effects, Pennywise, anti-flag, minor threat, rancid, the offspring, pre-Americana. I mean, you are not wrong, sir. But True! Uh, yeah. <laughs> those bands are not the only you know defiance of what punk is right and you know punk as we've been saying punk is a a multifaceted thing it's not just a quote-unquote style of style style of music right this listener goes on to say that they were instantly hooked on little things and that this is one cd you just have to turn up and sing along to at the top of your lungs excellent CD, one of the best debuts of 2000. Extra note, I was not insulting GC at all for saying they aren't punk. I was just simply stating they do not fall under the category of punk rock. Fair enough. I mean, fair. Fair. Like, you know. I, I mean, mean somebody's going to always put a genre to whatever you do. Yeah. Uh, if they can't think of one. I remember uh, making a big deal a while for a long time ago when uh all american rejects move along was put out and classified mm-hmm. as an emo emo album i'm like no it's not but no but it's also not like i wouldn't have said it's pop punk right it's i would say emo ish like it, it's like a, if mating parade is emo then all american rejects move along is emo i mean I, if yeah know. yeah you know, like Made Parade is not pop punk. Uh, I, I mean, I, I probably made all, some it, people mad by saying that. No, it all depends on how your genre, you know, how yeah. the listener, whoever is, you know, marking these seasons. I'm not uh, hating Made Parade. Made Parade's all. great. Yeah. Still wouldn't consider them emo. I, I, well, okay. I, I, I'm not saying they are emo. I'm just saying that if Made exactly. Parade is yeah, emo, yeah, yeah, yeah. then All American Rejects Move Along is emo. Exactly. Um, I don't know. People say genres are meaningless, and I feel like there is a lot more like crossover now than maybe you had a few years ago, but or then definitely than you had at the time that this album came out. But I, I still feel like genres are useful in terms of describing something and placing it. Uh, but I think there's like more room for flexibility now. Exactly. I mean, it's I, I don't like being a genre snob or it's, you know saying well, this is that that's that. But, I mean, it does help classify, you know, if you like this band, you might like this band. It just, you know, builds that community like we were discussing earlier. Right. Yeah. And that's a a good thing to have, I think. Yeah. So, Chase, how has Festival Song held up for you over time? Well, like I said, it's – I still jam it uh, very often and very loudly in my car, uh, especially, you know, the nights we've been having where it's still warm out. Um, but it, it reminds me of kind of why this all happened in the first place, why I'm doing yeah. what I'm doing now. 
And, you know, I, not that I need to be reminded of those things every day. Um, it's kind of just become a part of me. Uh, that's what, where it all started. Uh, I mean, it, they were someone who understood, or at least I took them as somebody who understood what I was going through. And they kind of showed me a new light and like, Hey, this is, this is all right. You're, you're good. You do you. And I think that it's still, if I put it on, you know, for my friends, wherever we're at, nobody's going to say, turn that off. It's yeah. still, you know, jams just as heavy as the new stuff does. Um, and I think that's really awesome. Yeah. I, I put the song on earlier and I like, I was just like, all right, I'm just like, blah. I was just feeling very like <laughs> blah earlier, like not tired, but, also like you know how when you feel underwhelmed. like yeah yeah underwhelmed and you know how you feel like oh i haven't like done much the past few days yeah very familiar yeah which i think we've all felt during quarantine right, right. um and i put on this song and i was like all right i'm i'm pumped you know i'm gonna make a healthy dinner i'm gonna eat my healthy dinner and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna journal and i'm gonna do this podcast i've I got this. Like we're we're doing it. We're working, <laughs> and it just comes in so strong. Like you get that yes. cool guitar riff, and the drums click in, and you just get that that nice uh, and it's just it puts you in that mood, and it, you know yeah. exactly what's happening. And your first words, I don't care about a thing today. I used to when I'm fed up, and it's like yeah, yeah, screw it. I don't need to worry about those things right now. Yeah. So Chase, what has good charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed like i said they were the kind of forefathers for me and discovering pop punk um and i don't want to put it this way but i guess it's more of a nostalgic thing at this point where i know they're still around they're still releasing great music that people love um but after you no know, good morning revival i'd they kind of fell off kind of the music world for me. Yeah. Um, I wasn't relating to the same things the way they that I was before. And again, nothing against them. You got to do what you have to do musically and it's going to be how they're feeling in that moment, but it didn't match up with what I was feeling. Um, so I guess I, I kept re-listening to those albums that have already been released. Um, I remember... <laughs> The first time I heard, like, it's your birthday, mm-hmm. um, I was on a date in a car in, like, junior year of high school, and I kind of got, like, a sinking feeling, like, oh, this isn't what is this? what I wanted. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what this <laughs> This isn't Good Charlotte. I was excited for a new Good Charlotte song. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, even though they're not as relevant to me right now, I th- they've done so much and they're still such a uh, I guess inspiration and I idolized them for so long and still do and yeah I hope that I can you know be a tenth of what they've made a child to be um and yeah they will always you know will always be on a playlist yeah sounds like you're you're grinding you know you gotta keep putting in the hard work when it sounds like you you are you're you know y'all are adjusting and and doing what you can do you know in our situation yeah 
appreciate that. Of course. Uh, do you have any last words about Festival Song, Good Charlotte, about mascots or just about yourself that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, if you haven't heard Festival Song before, uh, do that now and thank us later. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while we get people like all, it'll be like someone just tells their friend to listen and right. someone who hasn't heard Good Charlotte before. <laughs> um, and if you do like that song, please check out Mascots and figure it out. And yeah. we hope to have uh, a lot more for you soon. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Chase, so I do a Generation GC and Friends Spotify playlist. And I include the songs that we cover on the show. I'll put your new song, Figure It Out, on there. But I also like to get recommendations from our guests. So can you give me a recommendation? Just anything you've been listening to lately that's not good Charlotte or your own band. Oh, um, I mean, I would have to, just because I've been jamming it so much lately, uh, if it's not on there, Knuckle Pucks, uh, Breathe with okay. Eric Sanders. Uh, it's been a fantastic single. So wait, wait, summer. is Knuckle Puck emo or are they pop punk? Yes. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of there's so much. Everything's pop punk now, and they right. definitely have a strong uh, Midwest emo kind of influence to them, in my opinion. So yeah, fair. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah, I I like Michael Puck a lot. Chase, thank you so much for coming on the show, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to episode 33 of Generation GC. Last week, we talked about Better Demons from Generation RX. Next week, we'll be talking about a song from The Young and the Hopeless. My name is Molly Huddleston. I've been your host. You can follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me, Molly, at M Huddleston, M-H-U-D-E-L-S-O-N, on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe to the show Make sure you're following it. Keep up with us on social so you can be the first ones to hear new episodes when they drop. And please rate the podcast on iTunes. Leave a review. Tell all your friends, even if they don't like it, Charlotte. Thank you all for tuning in.